instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, Heard about American independence? Had heard about Texit? Yeah, you're going to hear all about that to uh, today on today's episode. But before we go ahead and uh, introduce, introduce today's guest, we're going to go ahead and give a special shout out to today's sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Show. Head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat. Why? Because you want to go ahead and make sure you're protecting yourself and the money you work so hard to earn from ambulance chasing lawyers, nefarious creditors, and greedy unjust governments, you head over to uh, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat, and you can make sure you are introduced to our good friend, Mikhail Thorup, who says, I help people just like you invest internationally, secure second passports and residencies, eliminate your tax bill, and take advantage of offshore structures so you can travel the world freely and never have to worry about money again. And oh, by the way, uh, November 7th through November 11th, uh, Mikhail is going to be hosting the Expat Money Summit. It's a free virtual summit, five days, 30 expert speakers. And I promise if you invest that one week of time, you will pay the dividends for generations to come. And the, the summit is free. So make sure you head to briannicholshow.com forward slash expat and get your tickets today. All right, folks. So on to today's episode. Yes, it is July 4th. It is Independence Day. And uh, we're talking all things. It's not actually independence, though but it is a true exit from the union. And we're talking Texit, Daniel Miller from the Texas National Movement. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, Daniel, I'm looking forward to this conversation because we were laughing beforehand. What are the odds? Here we are recording here on July 4th, America's Independence Day. And nay, we're not talking about Texas independence, but rather a true Texit, Texas exiting the union, it's amazing to see where we've gone from where we originally started as a country to where we are today. And obviously, it makes some sense why this is a conversation and why the Texas GOP recently added a Texas secession to their platform. Daniel, there's a lot taking place right now, especially in an era of uncertainty post-COVID and with Joe Biden and his administration leading the helm for at least the next two years. Talks to us. What is Texit? And is this actually something that can become reality? Sure. I mean, look, Texas is quite straightforward. It is, uh, you know, it's the wonderful portmanteau that we all know from Brexit and Grexit. Uh, and it, it, it is a, a term that is used to talk about Texas reasserting its status as an independent nation, right, to, to reclaim its right of self-government and to do so outside of the federal system because there is no way for us to be free and independent in the federal system. And so, you know, to, to your question about the, the likelihood of this happening, uh, the, the fact of the matter is it's already happening. <laughs> you see, Texas is not an act. You know, people love to fixate on the vote, uh, but it's not an act. It's a process. And that process starts well before the vote is taken and continues on after the people vote affirmatively until uh, you know, we hit the point of maximum independence. So let's talk about the maximum independence from a Texas perspective, because Texas obviously is not only geographically one of the largest 
uh, union or states we have here in the union, but also one of the largest economies. And we've seen over the past few years, especially with the past uh, few years of COVID restrictions in these blue states, a, a mass migration away from the, the more uh, liberal, progressive blue bases. I just left from Philadelphia out to Newcastle, Indiana, because um, I saw over the past two years how insane it was. And I've seen many good friends also navigate from uh, upstate New York or, or Philadelphia or you name the East Coast area down to whether it's the Midwest or to uh, your area in Texas. So we're seeing a lot of people also migrating to Texas. What would and let's like actually talk about the process, right? Because sometimes the process can can over, I guess, overcomplicate the actual what is the end goal. But what does the process look like? Because it sounds messy, right? And we last time we talked about people seceding from the United States, we uh, we had a pretty bloody conflict for about four years or so. So let's talk about what this looks like and how we're going to avoid those worst case scenarios. Well, look, good news. Uh, when we woke up this morning, it wasn't the 19th century, right? So, um, you know, we don't we don't have to thankfully worry about those sorts of things. But look, let me b- before I get into the process, let me let me give you a statistic, right? And this was a statistic that that really motivated my belief uh, to begin working for Texas Independence uh, back in 1996. Uh, and there was a book uh, that was released in the mid 90s called Global Paradox by John Nesbitt. He wrote a book called Megatrends, Megatrends, who's New York Times bestselling author. And uh, his book Global Paradox was about the telecommunications revolution and mm-hmm. and how it affected really commerce and trade. But he said the paradox was this: is that that the world's trends were pointing overwhelmingly toward economic interdependence on one hand and political independence on the other. And he cited a statistic that at the end of World War II, there were roughly 54 uh, recognized, fully sovereign, uh, self-governing nations around the world. And by the middle part of the 90s, when he released the book, there were 192. Now, those countries didn't fall from space. The earth didn't get any bigger. Uh, They were people just like us that wanted to just simply enjoy the right of self-government, to not be governed by people that they didn't elect, forcing policies on them that they don't want. And, and so, you know, when we when we look at the process, understand that we have got a nice, rich 75-plus year history to look at to see what this looks like in the modern day. You know, from the, the latter half of the 20th century all the way into the 21st, uh, we've got very clear examples of how this happens. And there's one message that is abundantly clear is this ain't the 1860s, right? There are ways that this, this gets done. So from a process standpoint, it's very simple. Uh, Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution is very clear uh, about the path. It says that all political power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. And the people have at all times the inalienable right to alter, reform or abolish their government in such manner as they may think expedient. So ultimately, as a reserved right to the people, uh, this question must be put to a vote of the people of Texas. And once the people answer the question, should the state of Texas reassert its status as an independent nation, uh, then we move forward past that. So let's talk about moving forward past that, because okay. now now we're actually seeing this is becoming reality. To your point, it is already a part of the GOP's um, actual platform in Texas moving forward. So let's now make this uh, real life. And, and let's talk about some of the different areas where I'm sure some people are going to have some questions, some objections. And the first, you know, I wouldn't say red flag, but it's, it's definitely the first thing that pops up into my head. And is the idea of, of defense, of national defense. We've seen this 
time and again, uh, where anytime a, an idea of de or, uh, you know, decentralizing from the existing federal system to some more, to our point, a more autonomous state, it's always going back to, the, well, what happens in the event of, and name worst case scenarios. So let's talk about this from a defense standpoint. What would that look like from a Texas perspective? Well, look, you have to understand from a Texas perspective, we're already being invaded, right? Uh, what's happening on our southern border is no less than an invasion. Uh, when you have the the cartels, those narco terrorist drug gangs uh, that are effectively in control of the Texas Mexico border, uh, and and we have absolutely one hundred percent unrestricted and incentivized immigration from Mexico uh, in Central America and South America, and frankly all around the world, um, yeah, we're we are already under an armed invasion. So that you know that's the kind of the way that Texans are are looking at this issue. But that being said. Uh, you know, let's look at the at the political realities of it. Most people are probably not aware that Texas already has a three branch military, right? It's made up of the Army National Guard, the the Texas Air National Guard, and the Texas State Guard. That's uh, the Texas State Guard is the branch of the Texas military department that cannot be federalized. Okay, so you know when you talk about a post uh, exit. Uh, defense strategy, understand that, again, nothing literally changes on the first day after the vote, right? It, there is a process involved in this. Uh, but, you know, when you begin to look at how could an independent Texas defend itself, well, you can't, you can't really um, disconnect that argument from the, the money that it takes. Something important to know is that Texas overpays anywhere from 103 to 160 billion dollars every single solitary year into the federal system. Hmm. Additionally, you've got the studies that came out at George Mason University and others uh, that show that federal regulatory accumulation has robbed us of about 85 percent of our uh, economic power since 1949. So, you know, you're looking at post-Texas 600 percent, 600 percent bump in pay. Plus the 103 to 160 billion dollars annually uh, staying right here in Texas, uh, that takes us from the ninth largest economy probably to the fifth or sixth. And then you start looking at even at a minimum, you know, you look at NATO two percent defense spending. Uh, it gives us about the again about the fifth or sixth most well funded military in the world. So, um, you know, if if we were to, to use a a four percent of GDP figure, uh, it would be even better. So. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that Texas will have absolutely no trouble defending itself, uh, both institutionally and individually. I mean, let's just get down to brass tacks. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know who is uh, that, that people are concerned are going to invade and attack us. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard I've heard sometimes uh, someone says, what are you going to do if Mexico invades? Well, check. It's already happening. Uh, but you know, they're like, well, what if China, what are you going to do if China invades? I'm like, well, I'm going to sit here and watch them roll through California first. Right. So, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, these are, and Brian, I'll just tell you, I look at it as sort of apocalypse porn, you know, I mean, people conjure these things. Like if we have Texas, uh, tomorrow, you know, I'm going to be fighting, uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, wearing a Mohawk and a leather thong in the Thunderdome. It's not, not how it works. Right. It, look around the world. It's not how it's worked for 75 years. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about why that is. Right. Because we saw this when it, whether it's net neutrality, covid policy. Why? Why don't you want to deal with it? Because you want people to die. We've heard this time and again. <laughs> and I'm exhausted by it. It's it, frankly, I think your average person's getting tired of it, too. It's not working like it used to. That that used to work. That actually and I have seen this this change, especially in the past two years. I'm not sure if you've noticed this too, but 
the old you just want people to die. It's it's the um the boy who cried wolf at this point because he has been touted so many times. And then when you have COVID, the, the entire COVID policy based on what was happening over the past two years, in and that was the just instant rejoinder was you want people to die. And yet you saw the states that were embracing the the more sane approach to, to COVID, which is going to be more states like Texas, like Florida, surprise, surprise, all of a sudden you're seeing less mortality, more freedom, more economic prosperity versus you look at my old home states of New York and Pennsylvania, and they're, they were facing economic shortfalls. So you're, you're seeing a situation right now where people are, are starting to just, I mean, once they see it, they can't unsee it. Their own lying eyes can't deceive them anymore. So let's talk about winning hearts and minds. What's the, been the reception in, in Texas? Are people on board with this? Are you getting positive feedback? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it would be ridiculous for us to, to push for a, a referendum on the issue if we thought there was a chance that we were going to lose. Uh, generally, referenda like this are once in a generation, although we have seen an, an interesting trend uh, where – uh, there, there have been in many instances, I think the 54 of the last 100 years uh, of, you know, just straight up referenda like we're talking about, um, many of those that failed actually went back to the ballot uh, within 10 years and, and it passed. So uh, we are seeing this interesting 10 year kind of trend that's that's happening. And I, I don't know that anyone can really explain it. I think each situation is unique. But, um, you know, that look, that being said, where, where we're at is if we go to a vote tomorrow, we win. And, and it's, you know, if you want to talk hearts and minds, it's about, um, for us in, as an organization since day one, it's been a, about engaging the people. You know, when I said in Article 1, Section 2, all political powers inherent in the people, all movements like this must absolutely be people movements, right? So um, what, what we have done is we have been uh, made the case. We've been very thorough with our information. Uh, you know, we've got the probably the largest uh, database of frequently asked questions over the Texit issue on our website at texitnow.org. I mean, I wrote the Texit book, which was a four-time bestseller on Amazon. I, I mean, you know, we, we've done our homework, but I, I will tell you, Brian, that the thing that has made the most difference in the world um, is when we can engage voters on the issue uh, and those that are on the fence, and, and frankly, that's a minority right now, but those that are on the fence about this issue, uh, we reframe the debate, and, and we do so simply by this. We ask them, and, and this really applies for any state. Uh, imagine right now that your state was already a self-governing, independent nation, right? It was uh, a nation among nations. Uh, it had control over its own border policy, its own immigration policy, its own monetary policy. It had its own embassies and passports, its own military. Uh, you know, it even had its own Olympic team, okay? Now, uh, imagine instead of talking about exiting the union, what if this was a conversation about whether or not your state should give up its independence and its self-government and join the union? Knowing everything you know about the federal government right now, today, would you vote to join the union? No, <laughs> not, absolutely no. not. And so if you wouldn't vote to join, then why in the world would you ever vote to stay? Yeah, that was in the video that you uh, have there on the website. The very, uh, like, I think it's the very first page, the homepage there. Yeah. There's a video, intro video, about six, six and a half minutes or so long. And that's the approach you take is 
Well, let's approach, you know, you are a brand new state and you want to join the United States of America and you make the case in terms of why you would want to do that. And of course, it's all the negative things that we appreciate, like the $60,000, I think it was per person in debt that's instantly on your head as soon as you you become born or in this case, become an American citizen. It's the 30 plus, which is funny because in your video, I think it was $23 trillion in debt. We're now 30 some odd trillion dollars in debt. A few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember back, I was uh, working on a congressional campaign in 2012. And I think we were talking about it approaching 20 trillion back then. So um, Mm -hmm. you've seen that that number, it, it skyrocketed a little too quick in the past two years, a little faster than we would have even expected even then. But let's talk about the fact that, yeah, you're making this argument from an overtly satirical standpoint, but it shows exactly why your argument is so sound and why so many people are resonating towards this position because at the end of the day, they're seeing it right before them that, no, what we have right now with this relationship with the federal government, it's a bad deal. It's not a good deal. And any sane person would not make that decision 10 times out of 10. Hey, Brian, I'll tell you, let me tell you who doesn't find it to be satire. And that's the opposition, right? Um, the, it, it absolutely, that, that reframing of the question is absolutely like pouring boiling oil over their heads. Uh, they, they hate it. And, and the reason being is because it forces them into the position that they have to sell the benefits of a political and economic union, which has no benefit to any state. Um, that's just the bottom line. And it's always interesting to watch the opposition talk about this, right? They come up with all these fear-mongering scare tactics. They tell you things that, you know, it's unconstitutional. That's cool. I have a copy of the constitution right here. Please point to where it says that, right? Well, it's against the law. Cool. Here's the website for the federal statutes. Go search for it. I'll wait for you. You know, well, the Supreme court decided it. Well, yeah, Texas versus white, but did you ever read Jacobson v. Massachusetts? Well, you know, I didn't read either of them. Well, of course you didn't because you're just being, uh, you know, you're being irrational. But, but here's the thing to understand where they fall back to is they want to couch this as a fringe movement, right? As something that's small, nobody believes it, all those sorts of things. If that were true, ask yourself this question. If that were true, then why would they hesitate to put it on a ballot if they thought that it would fail? The same confidence we have in putting it on the ballot, knowing that it will win, is the same lack of confidence they have that it will uh, that it will lose, right? I mean, they, they are not confident that it will lose, uh, and and so they understand that there is power in this idea that this global trend has continued unabated, that the federal government no, no longer serves the needs of the people of Texas, and uh, you know, look, all we're talking about is something that's very apropos for today, is that. There comes a time, as Jefferson talked about, with a long train of abuses and usurpations. But but beyond all of that, there is that first principle, that principle that says that governments govern by consent of the governed. And so at the moment that that federal system no longer represents us, that that we are no longer, I mean, they, they can say we have representatives, but you know, when, when it no longer resembles what our concerns are, what challenges we face, what our hopes and our wishes and dreams are, what our vision is for the future, and fundamentally what our principles are, then how can we continue to be a part of it? 
You know, if if you joined a Boy Scout troop and the rest of the Boy Scout troop decided they wanted to go on a tri-state killing spree, you might want to think about leaving the Boy Scout troop if you don't believe in tri-state killing sprees, right? <laughs> and, and this is this is kind of the way that it is. We have to we have to disconnect ourselves from from this idea that it's you know it's baseball, it's apple pie, it's you know all of these things. That's America. That won't go away. But what we're talking about here is that political and economic union called the United States of America that is represented by a federal system that, that does everything half as well for twice as much than the private sector and actively conspires to deprive us of our individual rights and liberty uh, that we can no longer be a part of. That, that, I mean, what more of a case do you need to make right there than that, folks? Um, and, and one point you made earlier talking about democracy and the, the Democrats in Texas not wanting to put that under the ballot. I mean, it just speaks to the fact that a lot of our leftist friends, they love democracy. Well, so hang on, fun. because it's not just Democrats. OK, mm. uh, and, and this is what people need to understand is that these issues of self-government are, are not they don't have the typical partisan lay. Right. We're we're have we're having to fight as hard against the political establishment Republicans as we are the rabid you know slobbering at the mouth Beto O'Rourke's of the world right um, and, and this is really not a what we're seeing here is it's not a Republican versus Democrat issue uh, it is a it is a people of Texas versus a political establishment issue, a permanent political class uh, that uh, has enjoyed power for far too long at our expense. Well, there's there's a little bit of a, a you know a glimmer of hope, the, the proverbial white pill, as they would call it. And speaking of you know white pills, it is great because you're seeing that there is such a community of folks who are looking to have this conversation, not just you know, in, in Texas, but across the world. But let's just focus in Texas specifically. They want to continue that conversation. You guys just launched a brand new app over at the uh, the Texas National Movement. Talk to us about what they can uh, folks can find if they go ahead and get said app. And, uh, you know, how, this, how is this going to help move forward Texas, uh, or rather not independence, but rather Texas? Yeah, well, in Texas, it, Texas takes us to independence. So interchangeable, it works. Texas is the process, independence is the goal. But But here's the thing. When before we started uh, the organization uh, in 2005, we became acquainted with uh, the work of a man named Gene Sharp. Uh, he ran the Albert Einstein Institute for Peace. You know, it's about big uh, about nonviolent mass movements. And one of the terms that, that really stuck out when we became familiar with his work was this term of atomization. And it's where totalitarian regimes, because that's the work that he primarily dealt with, was dealing with totalitarian regimes. Um, Atomization was his description for what the regime does to keep us apart, to keep us separated so we can't communicate, we can't organize. And, and you know, it's one of the mechanisms that they utilize to maintain power. So as we are a people movement, it's always been important for us to connect people. And, of course, when, um, you know, we had all these digital platforms, uh, it was really nice at first when it was the Wild West because we could, you know, we could communicate and we would send an email. And we knew someone would get it or, you know, whatever. Uh, but we've seen this increasing level of soft censorship uh, that has taken place. Um, you know, there's uh, articles on our website at tnm.me uh, where we talk about our sort of travails with the social media outlets, with Amazon related to the Texit book. I mean, it's just, it's been a pitched battle. So 
on our bucket list uh, for many, many, many years has been to launch our own internal social network and mobile app. And uh, as of today, uh, we have actually done that. And anyone who wants to take a look at the app, they can go to tnm.me slash app uh, and, uh, you know, go ahead and get registered. Go to tnm.me, register your support, go download the app and get connected with the fight to get and win Texas independence. And folks, by the way, this is just the tip of the iceberg for the conversation today because we can only cover so much in a 25-minute episode, frankly. So what I'm going to ask you to do is please, especially for you, the audio listener and the YouTube listener, number one, go to your show notes and please uh, check out uh, tnm.me. And yes, you can go ahead and check out all the different information. Plus, there's the book. There's the the app. You have all the, the frequently asked questions, which I'm sure for those of you out there who have the questions, um, there are going to be other folks who have even more questions that you're going to want to make sure you can answer as well. So have a resource uh, like this website available. And I'll make sure I, I, I really make it easy for you. If you're an audio listener, click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right to today's episode over at briannicholshow.com, where you can find the entire transcript of today's episode, all the show notes, the links, but also you can find the video version of today's uh, episode. Head over to the YouTubes. And yes, when you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button and that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we go live. Yeah, like on one of these awesome July 4th random episodes where we're not talking American independence, but yeah, okay, yeah, Texas independence. So folks, uh, yeah, you interested in Texas? Well, please do us a favor and go ahead and share today's episode. And when you do, go ahead and give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty. Daniel, final thoughts for the audience today. Yeah, uh, here's here's the bottom line for everyone. Uh, whether you're uh, in support, on the fence, or opposed, at a very minimum, you need to start having the conversation and asking yourself whether or not the government you are getting out of Washington, D.C. currently serves you. And if not, uh, then how in the world do you plan to fix it? And if you can't plan to fix it, then maybe you just need to head for the exit. <laughs> They, well, you know what? I think that's a, a conversation that we've been having here in the program. And a lot of the folks in the audience, they're empathetic to that. So, uh, yeah, folks, if you're in Texas, now you actually have a, a means to an end. You actually have light at the end of the tunnel. I'll make sure we include all those links, like I said, so you can learn more about uh, the, the Texas national movement, but also learn more about Texas. And, uh, yeah, folks, let's make this a reality. So, that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Daniel Miller talking Texas. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. 
Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today.